Hi. Hello. Hi, hi. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 56. And today we are joined by Michelle Ford, the founder of With Love from Guyana. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joanne. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I can't complain. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, and Michelle is joining us today all the way from Guyana, Guyana in South America, which Michelle will talk a little bit about for those of you who aren't familiar with the country. So Michelle is a blogger. Uh, as I mentioned, she is the founder of With Love from Guyana. And she lives between Guyana and, and the United States in the Tampa Bay area. And she is an architectural designer. And um, she started this blog as a way for her and her family to, to stay connected. And from there, it's blossomed into this very beautiful space where she shares a lot of her, her passions and the things she loves. And um, Michelle is going to talk to us today about designing this platform or creating this platform rather for Caribbean designers, why she chose to do that and and why this is important to her so michelle thank you so much for joining us thanks so much for having me wonderful and before we begin firstly tell us guyana because people a lot of people don't know guyana you know funny enough just last week i had a colleague at work at my school and he said to me oh but you know latin america and the caribbean because my students are doing readings from latin america and the caribbean and he was like it's all spanish right and i said no 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 <laughs> and he started going on about how south america is all spanish and i said no it's not you've got guyana and french guiana and suriname and brazil mm -hmm. and he, he 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 had no idea that there was a country called guyana he didn't know guyana was a part of caricom i think uh, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that just don't know even countries like belize in central america he was completely clueless. So um, please tell us where is Guyana, what is Guyana, and yeah, bring us all up to speed on Guyana. <laughs> sure. Sure. So Guyana is on the northeastern coast of South America. It is just north of Brazil, and it's sandwiched between Suriname and Venezuela. So it's lying on the coastline up against the Atlantic Ocean and is considered well, it's on the continent of South America, so it's a South American country, but it's considered to be part of the Caribbean because it has a very similar history to what other islands like Jamaica, uh, Barbados, St. Lucia, Trinidad, and so on went through in the past. And mm -hmm. because also the culture is, because of that, the culture is very similar. Mm -hmm. So while we are continental, we're still considered to be part of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have a shared history and culture being colonized by the Brits. You were once called British Guyana, British Guyana. French mm -hmm. Guyana, which is still French, and then Dutch yes. Guyana, which is now Suriname. Suriname. Yeah, and you, you, know, you, have, you have a shared history and culture despite where you're located. It's kind of similar to Belize. You know, Belize is in Central America, but Belize is also a, a CARICOM country. And yeah, so thank you for for um, explaining that. And tell us a little bit about the makeup of the people in Guyana, because Guyana is a very diverse country. You've got lots of different ethnic groups there as well. Yep. So because of, well, I guess I should start with the first people who came, who are the Amerindians, who are the indigenous people, and they might be known to other people as American Indians, but they crossed the Bering Strait and from where they were and traveled all the way into this part of the world and settled. But then there were rumors of a city of gold called El Dorado in the New World. So, of course, the Europeans set out to discover the New World and they wound up colonizing the area. And they started to grow different crops and had plantations like coffee plantations, sugar, um, corn, and all of that stuff, coffee. And so, of course, they needed a workforce for their plantations. So they went to Africa and the Africans came over as slaves mm -hmm. and after working for a number of years and there being movements for their freedom, the Europeans had to find a different type of labor force. So they went over to India and brought the East Indians who worked on the plantations for a couple of years, but they were on a contract. So of course, once the time was up, they were ready to stop working 
and then they brought the Chinese and the, and I think the last people to come were the Portuguese. So we have six different ethnicities that were that came to Ghana throughout its history. And mm. with that, they brought their culture and their food. Right. And, and people should know this is also the case in countries like Suriname and Jamaica and Trinidad, because people are often very misled and, and they don't understand how diverse the Caribbean is that we have, you know, we have Arabs as well who came and, yeah, the, Chi- I was about to say that. and the Chinese and we are a serious melting pot of lots of different kinds of people. And then we've had a lot of mixing as well. So you get all these quote unquote exotic, as foreigners like to call it, looking people in the Caribbean. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, yeah, so it's, it's a very diverse country and um, it's a very big country in South America, Guyana. And you're mostly Amazonian, Amazonian country, right? Yes, we have a vast rainforest, but the majority of the people live on the low lying coastline up against the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, so you're not, you're, you don't have the beaches like your neighbors, say, like Venezuela. I know there's certain parts of Venezuela that, has, that have beaches like Isla Margarita. The parts closer to Trinidad are kind of like the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. In terms of so that. where there's like blue water, you'll find mm-hmm. the beaches. But because of the Amazon and all the sediments in the water that comes out in the river, our mm-hmm. water, where we are, the Atlantic, it's quite muddy and brown. So it's not like even the sand looks a lot browner than what you would find in Barbados or like the Cayman Islands and so on. And you have probably got a lot of biodiversity and very rare species and just lots of beauty, nature. Of course. Yes, yes. So good. So thank you for the history lesson. And now everybody knows where Guyana is. And what is your background? Uh, Are you a mix as well of a lot of the different kinds of people in Guyana? Um, My dad is Chinese and my mom is black. Okay, interesting. So she has like some black and Portuguese in her. My dad is looks very Chinese. Okay, and your dad's family um, would have come as indentured servants as well from China, or did they come on their own? No, I think like two or three generations ago, they were indentured laborers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I living in China, I've actually been interacting with a lot of Chinese people and and asking them if they knew that there was, you know, a bunch of Chinese people that actually moved to the Caribbean. And I met one person recently who said yes. And I mentioned many of the Chinese were of the, I think it's like the Hakka tribe, which is a a branch of the Han tribe. And apparently these people were um, people who were explorers and they were known for, for leaving some on their own to just forge a new life and some as indentured laborers. So there, there's a few, I think in China, much like in India, the population doesn't really, they don't really learn a lot about that aspect of the history. So like you don't, you know, like a lot of Indians have said to me, they don't really learn about indentured servership and the Indians who went off to like the Caribbean or, or to Africa, for example. But they learn it maybe in university or or what have you. And I think the same is the case, the case in China. And I, I guess it makes sense because these are big countries with thousands of years of history. And I guess uh-huh. it's kind of difficult to touch on everything, you know, but, yeah. um, but it's, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. So you yourself are, are a mix. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you know, and so do you know, have you ever been to China? Are you interested in visiting China or does your dad talk about his, his roots in China? Does he know anything from the previous generations? Um, so what actually happened was that my grandmother passed those things down to my mom. So the traditions were passed from more from my grandmother to my mom than to my dad. Okay. Um, so no, we haven't been to China. I definitely would love to go. My parents actually told me what dynasties we were from, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it would be incredible. And uh, I know Jamaica and Trinidad have a lot of Chinese people as well, especially Jamaica. Lots yes. of lots of Chans and Chins and and Tangs and so on. And I imagine it would be really interesting to to come to China and find your roots and see what village your your ancestors came from. And it's really nice, you know, to to find your roots. It's it's interesting. It's it's a good thing for sure. It would be. Yeah, I interviewed. I interviewed someone who um, recently on the podcast who's living in Grenada 
um, that's Divya, and she talked about being growing up Indian in Grenada, and she knows, you know, her family's still very um, connected to India, so she knows where her her, fam- her parents are from and her roots and everything. And then I think it's interesting. And, you know, people of African descent who find out exactly where in Africa their family is from. It's cool. It's kind of cool. But it's also nice to know that you're kind of integrated into a society where people don't really cling to the old, but they kind of accepted that there's this new thing now, you know? Yeah. That's created this Creole culture. And it's nice to kind of just get on with that. So, yeah. That's, that's- true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your platform then. So you moved, you left Guyana, you moved to Florida, and you started the platform as a way, you said, to initially stay connected with your family. And can you walk us through that whole process and then how it got to where it is now? Sure. So I moved to Florida to do my degree it started out as a four-year degree, but then it turned into a six-year degree when I did, so I did two years pre-architecture, applied to the graduate program, and I got in. So in architecture school, I ended up doing a lot of models and drawings and presentations. And I figured that I would not want to repeat myself a lot of times to people explaining what I did or why I did what I did in the drawings and in the models. So I decided to make a blog and I would share the pictures and the progress of the different projects that I was doing so that I could send a link to my mom, my dad, my sisters, my brother, and even like make sure that my granddad saw it so that they would all get it and I wouldn't have to explain myself so many times because at that point I was pretty sleep deprived. Mm. Then eventually it morphed into a spot for me to share the things that I came across on the internet that I had really liked because I realized that I used Pinterest and like Tumblr a lot because those were popular. Well, Tumblr was really popular at the time. I'm not sure if it still is, but you would find a lot of, it was visual. It was like a visual, like I don't want to say search engine, but it was very helpful. And I decided that I wanted to share the things that I liked because I realized while I was searching for inspiration, this is what other people did. So they would, there were like interior design blogs where people would look for a theme and share about it because it's something they really liked in that theme, whether it was like cube storage boxes or whatever. So then it started to turn into that once I had the time because of course I was still in school. And then I went to Trinidad one summer and realized how much creativity there was in the Caribbean. And I had a following by that time because people come back to see what I thought about different fashion trends or like home decor ideas. And that's when I figured that I could put it together with my interest in Caribbean fashion and Caribbean design because I thought there's so much creativity in this part of the world but because it's such a small area a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of these designers so that's when it turned into being a platform for Caribbean designers. Okay okay so now you've got this platform so tell us about the setup of the platform and how you go about using it to support Caribbean designs. So there's a blog and there are certain designers throughout the region every year they will have a fashion show, they will launch a new collection and so on. So I will cover that. I will cover the images from that and I will share it on the corresponding Pinterest and Instagram pages because they're great those are great visual resources and you actually can reach out to a lot of people in that manner. But I eventually launched a designer directory. So if somebody wanted to um, buy from a Caribbean designer, then they can go onto the blog and find a designer that will hopefully do what they have in mind or something they would like to wear. So the directory is actually, is actually laid out according to country. So you will go to the Ghana page and find all of the Ghana designers or the Guyanese designers that I'm aware of. But on one of the first pages, 
I also have it laid out according to the style of design. So if you wanted to wear women's wear from a Trinidadian designer, it will tell you that like Adrian Foster does women's wear and he's from Trinidad and Tobago. So then you can flip to the Trinidad and Tobago as portion of the directory and look for his contact information. But in addition to that, I also started a series called um, Feature Interviews, where I would have like a virtual sit down with different designers throughout the Caribbean. So you would get to learn about their, where they got their inspiration, their design process, some of the hardships they faced, like being in the fashion design industry in the Caribbean and so on. Okay. <clears throat> cool. And um, so what is your, what is your, lo- your sort of long-term aim and, and goal with, with the platform that you created? Because it's a very resourceful platform. It's got a lot of information on it about designers from, I mean, uh, across the region, from the tiniest of countries to the, the biggest of countries like your country, Guyana. And it's really, really comprehensive. So what's your long-term goal and what's your aim and, and what do you hope to, to do with it? Um, I would love to be able to travel the Caribbean and I guess beyond the Caribbean too to cover fashion related events yeah that would that would be great if I could be known as one of the people that you can go to for Caribbean fashion or for information about Caribbean fashion designers right and you said you felt like there was a demand for this space like you you said there were a lot of people following you so you realized okay wait a minute there are people who want to know about caribbean designers so i am going to create that space so there isn't there is not not a demand so for people who say oh there are you know nobody wants to know about caribbean designers we can, you can actually say that's not true there are people who want to know about caribbean designers Definitely. I have worn a few pieces here and there, like in Florida or in San Diego, actually. And people would stop me on the sidewalk and be like, hey, where did you get that? And then I can say, I got it from this designer in Trinidad, or I got it from this person in Jamaica. So I've actually been a walking billboard at points. Yeah, a brand ambassador, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so to speak. And just to be clear, these are uh, clothing designers. They're not interior designers or they're fashion designers, correct? that's correct just fashion designers just fashion designers okay so you've chosen to focus on fashion designers and who wants to know about them is it mainly americans is it people from asia europe africa where's most of the demand coming from based on your experience um there's a lot of demand coming from the u.s Mm. but there are also people i've also found that there are people who like grew up in the caribbean but moved to the u.s and they want to like support something from your culture mm-hmm. so they'll pop over to see who's making what so then i guess it's their way of like giving back to their region or their community as well yeah definitely and what would you say are some of the challenges of building this kind of platform because it, it is unique i don't know if you have a lot of competition if there are a lot of other people trying to do the same thing as you um but can you talk about the challenges of building this kind of platform um so sometimes trying to work with a designer has been tough because they some of them lack a certain amount of professionalism so they don't get back to you on time when you want to do a feature interview or whatever so you kind of have to schedule it weeks sometimes in advance so mm-hmm. that you can or like email the questions over weeks in advance because so that you can post it when you want to so it has to be super forward thinking mm-hmm. and in terms of other people doing it, uh, I think when I started, it might have been because I didn't know of all the other people, but there was only one person I knew for sure was a, a force within going after Caribbean designers. But a few other people have popped up. And from my experience, there has been some amount of cattiness within it. Mm. So moments, the moments that has been a little unmotivating for me. Well, okay, so let's talk about that then, the cattiness. Well, um, why do you think that is? Is it kind of like people wanting to be the only one in the space? They think, okay, this is my thing, you get out my way. They don't, they don't think there's enough space for everybody to thrive. What is that about? <clears throat> I 
I I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. they think somebody is trying to take their bread and butter. Who really knows? But I think that there's enough space for everybody to do what it is that they want to do. But the way that I see it, it's not just that I do um, a Caribbean platform, but I also put my own personal spin on it. Mm. So what I have is very specific to me and my tastes. Sure. So while I do focus on Caribbean designers and I share them all, I, there are things that I really like that I will go after and share. Yeah, because your platform, you, you share your personal taste. I mean, I, I follow your stuff. So you, you make, you sew your, you're starting to sew your own designs. You share mm-hmm. things you like. You know, you shared recently the blog post about the, um, I forgot her name, but I follow her too, the, um, the hijabi blogger. You know, you, you share your own taste. You share your own interests, things you see, things you like. So it's not just a fashion blog but it's almost like a lifestyle blog so you you give it your own you give it your own twist but you also have a very like i said a comprehensive um design list i know you said you have to update it but it's 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 pretty good you know for 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 some especially for someone like me who wouldn't really know where to start outside of google i think it's a great it's a great go-to source but i'm wondering if um if that cattiness is due to the lack of professionalism because i mean if we look at the big fashion industries in New York, Milan, Paris, for example, they have got fashion institutes and, and fashion um, big brands and, and, and these institutes that set the standard. And, and there's a lot more collaboration. And I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm sure they've got their fair share of cattiness as well. But do you think because some of those countries have a lot they've been doing it longer number one and number two they have more professionalism because of their institutes and their bodies that they have that that kind of regulate and and bring people together and people keep people updated do you think that's something lacking in the Caribbean region I think it's lacking yes but also I think it's because the region is so small so everybody wants to be the best or the only one because that's the way that you're going to be known right and it's it's a small area it's kind of like big fish. I call it, when I refer to the Caribbean, I call it big fish and small pond syndrome <laughs> because I feel like it's very difficult to get things done in the Caribbean because you've got a small group of people that tend to dominate. And this is across the region, every island, every country, there's a small group of people that dominate. And some of them have been around since the colonial era. Some of them are, are post-colonial and, you know, they've been around for the past 10, 15 years, but they're very, they, they tend to monopolize the market in any, in, in the different sort of um, areas and they get very threatened by outsiders yep. and they get yep. very threatened by young people. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the Caribbean. Young people. And it's not even just like designers or bloggers. It goes into like it's every industry. Fields. It's every industry. And young people don't want to deal with that. And that's why we have so much brain drain in the region, because why would you want to deal with that when you can be in the US or in Canada or in Europe or here in China, where people are allowing you, like they invite you to come with your ideas and your innovation. Because your own country, you try to go there with anything new and it's... They're not receptive. They're not receptive. You get shut down, you deal with bureaucracy, things are very difficult. And, um, and it's a shame. So I'm wondering if it's, 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 it's a lot of different things. And I'm, I think also these, some of these old guards need to kind of just chill out. <laughs> Not <laughs> only that, like <laughs> the technology, because yes. the technology is going to be completely different. So if you hire somebody or you collaborate, work with somebody that's younger than you, that is like up to date on how social media works. You know, it could be better for your company. Yeah. Because a lot of the older folks, like sometimes I sit with my mom and I explain to her like how Facebook works so that the company she works for can use Facebook as a tool to advertise to customers. Like, you know, there's, there are certain things that the older generation, they're not aware of or are not aware of how to use. And social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it all brings like the younger generation, the people who are on it, it works wonders because that's how I found all the Caribbean bloggers that I've met has been through like hashtags on social media. Definitely. So it would be great because then the older generation can mentor the younger ones because, you know, 
there's a lot of like business related stuff that a lot of us don't know but then the younger generation can be like hey well I can bring my social media savvy to the table so it's like everybody would benefit absolutely and I think like you said it's not just fashion it's it's every industry and it's one of the reasons why the Caribbean generally seems to not be moving forward because it's it's the same people in politics. It's the same people in, in culture. It's the same people in engineering. It's the same people in medicine. It's the same people over and over again. <laughs> Nothing is changing and the region is stagnant. But that said, there are a lot of young people who have who never left or who've moved back that are doing a mm-hmm. lot of amazing things. People like yourself who you know, go back and forth and other people who have interviewed and featured on this platform who are doing wonderful things. But they do talk about the challenges as well. And it's so easy to just leave. It's so easy to leave, but they stay. And um, I commend them for that. Because it's definitely tough. Yeah, it's got its challenges. So how do you then overcome those challenges? Like you said, the cattiness and the pettiness or the unprofessionalism, how, what keeps you motivated? Because you could just give up and move on to something else. Exactly. Yeah. So when I was in design school, I was in architecture school, I would, my dad and I are pretty close and I would call him when I needed to rant or vent. And there were a couple of times where I had the issue of somebody, I felt that the person was copying what I did too closely. So it wasn't like I was even inspiring the person for them to take my idea and make it better or to twist it and put their own thing on it. It was just like, they did exactly what I did. It just changed the content of the diagram or the drawing or or a color. Yeah. And I would call him and I would rant about it because I hated it because then the professor might not be able to tell which one was the original. And my dad would tell me that imitation was the sincerest form of flattery. Definitely. Which it did not help the situation. Like, I didn't want you to flatter me by copying me wholesale. But I've taken that and turned it into like realizing that the reason why some people may feel as certain as they do is because I have something worthwhile to say. Mm. So they say you're nobody. They say you're nobody until you start being criticized, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So the people who come off as being petty or catty it's probably because what i'm doing i'm doing it well or i'm like putting an interesting enough twist on it that people keep coming back and they might not be able to do something similar so that's the way i see it or that's the way i'm telling myself to help me to stay motivated yeah and you know honestly you've just got to stay focused on your vision and your work and what you're doing and just keep your head down and get on with it and let the work speak for itself. And you, yeah. once you, once you stick to that, you will be successful. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's it's undoubtedly just the way it is, you know? And um, I mean, yeah. that's not the only thing too, because people, I've had people approach me to work with them or to collaborate with them on different things. And like all the people have come and said, this person, doesn't seem very friendly they're not open to this they're not whatever and it's like oh well I'm not going to say anything about how I feel about their personality but then I realized well you've been catty to me too and all the people who've been realizing it mm, yeah and a lot of the times they come around don't they because it's like okay fine I guess I should work with her <laughs> because she's yep doing this or doing that and you know at some point you've got <clears throat> it's difficult to do but at some point you've got to realize that human beings are very flawed and one of our biggest flaws is is envy and jealousy and when we don't feel when we come from a place of lack and we don't feel like we have anything to give or anything to offer or when we're in a very bad place in our lives that's when we start to attack other people and you kind of have to have some compassion for them when you when you realize it's like oh god you must be in a really bad place you know if you if you you know like think about it if you really have to do this you where you know they haven't realized their own potential because if they did, they would be like, Hmm, how can I work with her? How can we, what like, can I learn from join, her? What can I learn from her? And then how can we join voices and complement each other? And yeah. that's really sad that you're running a blog and you're doing all these things, but you really don't value yourself enough. Cause that's what it boils down to. They don't value themselves enough to say, 
I am worthy of what I do and I know what I'm about. And because of that, they attack you. And that's kind of how you have to see it. And I know it's hard to do that, but that's really what it boils down to. And when they're coming to you and saying, okay, I want to work with you, it's, again, it's a place from lack, you know, they're kind of coming in a grudging kind of way, like, oh God. But um, yeah, it is, it is, it is because they, they admire your work, but they probably would never say that. And that's okay. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then ultimately it's up for you for you to decide whether you want to collaborate or work with those people I know personally I don't for me collaboration is about shared values so I wouldn't collaborate with anyone who doesn't share the values that I share that's what I want to do for my exactly yeah and so I've said no to a lot of people a lot of people people who are like seen as like top and the best I'm just like mm. I don't think this is going to work in, in a very tactful way, but you just kind of say, nah, you know? <laughs> I follow you because there have been people that I met like doing this and we have turned into friends and like I have their phone numbers. I'll call them. I'll ask them questions. Like if somebody tries to work with me and I'm like, how much would you charge for this? Because of course I don't want to sell myself too high or too low and we can like go back and forth on prices and like value and so on. And then there've been other people that like when they started out, I helped them like get their Facebook page to look professional because I have, a, I have an understanding of how to use Photoshop and how to get things sized the way I wanted. And now they just don't speak to me. So it's like, I helped you start and now you like, you seem ungrateful, which of course the next person that wants me to help them get their, like get their in, it makes me like, a little hesitant to yeah. want to help that person. Cause you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my thing is I, I'm, I help everybody, but then you kind of have to sit back and, and, and give people that chance. And, you know, you can't control other people, but you can control you. And when mm -hmm. my thing is when you've, when you've seen that you help someone and they don't have the decency to say thank you, or they don't follow up with you, then you know, okay, this is someone that I don't want to work with and that's fine. And you just keep it moving, you know, but you can't, mm -hmm. I feel like you can't not help people because I think a big part of business is giving and helping because you, once you're giving from a very honest and good place, it's, you know, that's what, that's what continues that, that good energy and that good vibe. And you get a lot of that back in return as well. And you're creating this really good system, which combats a lot of the negativity that's out there. And, and slowly and gradually those people start to fall aside anyway. But, um, yeah. but personally, I, I think you, you have to have a strong sense of your values and what works for you because there's always going to be a lot of people wanting to collaborate and work with you. And sometimes you just have to say, no, um, I don't think it's going to work or that's not where my business is heading or that's not what I'm interested in because you, you can just see the nightmare ahead, <laughs> you know, and yep. you don't, you just don't want distress. And, um, I think if you're building a brand as well, for people who are building brands, you you have to think, you know, this is not about you. This is about your brand. And is this something you want associated and affiliated with your brand? You know, is this is because it, it can tarnish what you're trying to create instantly, uh -huh. which is so sad. But um, that's good, though. That's good. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see as you develop and as you grow what what becomes of of the naysayers, your naysayers will eventually, I'm certain, become your biggest supporters somehow. It, it kind of always works out that way. Hopefully they'll, they do. Yeah, they'll come around <laughs> and you, you'll, you'll be in a position of power. So let's talk about the Caribbean designers themselves. So do you think that, um, I like to call it brand Caribbean, do you think Caribbean designers have the potential to become international big names? I definitely do think so. Mm. Because I told you before, I've been, I've traveled from like the East Coast to the West Coast and I've taken Caribbean designers with me and worn them. And I could be walking down the sidewalk and somebody would be like, hey, where did you get that? And I will tell them, oh, it's this designer. This is the website. This is the Instagram handle. Go look for them. So if we can have more people doing that, I think that would be great because you, ha you see somebody walking down the street in a piece and you, you're willing to stop them and ask them about it. That's really great advertising for that designer. 
I also know that there are um, a few events that are put on throughout the year in the U.S. A few years ago, I went to the Caribbean Star Week, which was in Fort Lauderdale, and there was a pop-up shop of different Caribbean designers. So I think um, Jamaican Sandal Company was there because I bought a pair of sandals and there were some swimwear lines and a whole bunch of other people. <clears throat> and what had happened is that the people who put on the event had reached out to the Caribbean designers and had their stuff brought in so that they could sell it for them and put it on showcase. There was also a fashion show that they put on featuring Caribbean designers. So I know that, and people attended it well. So I know that there definitely is a market for Caribbean designers, at least in the U.S. I want to say that it extends beyond there. Mm. I'd like to believe that. So you think there's a potential for, for, um, for example, like the design, well, we know Trinidad is, is very popular. Um, the designer from Trinidad who became a hit on Project Runaway, I forgot her name, is it Chin? Anya Ayanti. Anya Ayanti, yeah, that went off to become this phenomenon. So we know there's, there's obviously there's talent and there's a lot of people mm -hmm. doing amazing things. But um, mm -hmm. so you think it is, do you think it is, you, you say yes, it is possible to create to create a big brand, a brand from the Caribbean that could be sort of, you know, on the same level with the Carolina Herreras and, and the Mark and the, <clears throat> what's some of the big names that we have? I guess In Michael fact, Kors. Michael Kors and, you know, all the big names, all the big names that we know about. Definitely, because Anya actually put, like, I feel Anya put Caribbean designers on the map because Anya won Project Runway and... You know, Michael Kors was judging her and a whole bunch of other, she had to endure a bunch of other well-known American designers as well. Yeah. So once she won that, she won, there was a lot in it for her because she got a lot of prize money to launch her own company. And I definitely believe that that, she didn't just put herself there on the map, but she also yeah. put Caribbean designers because then other people would be like, hey, this girl's from Trinidad, what? All the designers exist in Trinidad or in the Caribbean that we can look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She, she's very interesting. She's very, you know, she's got that sort of very typical Trinidadian personality. Very big, very vibrant, very, very Caribbean. And you're right. I think she did. I remember I was, I, I, I used to watch Project Runway for a long time. And then when I saw her, I was like, ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's always exciting to see um caribbean designers or just caribbean people generally being on these on these big shows on any of these shows yeah. yeah and getting their opportunity to to put themselves out there and to do really well so what do you think needs to happen right now on the ground for for these big brands to become for these brands to become big and eventually global um i think that the designers themselves need to improve themselves when it comes to like customer service and professionalism because I've had issues with that. I think that the, it would be nice if the different countries or maybe if the region, because of course it's like small little islands and each island has its own governing body or different countries because Ghana isn't an island. Right. If they would create some sort of an initiative for the creative industries, because you were, a lot of the time, the raw material that you bring in, it's taxed. Right. So, or the, the prices are so heavy to bring them in because of air freight or shipping costs, whatever it is. So if there was an incentive or an initiative that could help cut back on those costs, I think it would be really helpful to the industry because then once you bring the product or the raw material in, you create your environmental product, and then you have to turn around if you're doing an online business and ship that back out somewhere the designers have to cover all of that cost while still making enough money to pay rent maybe on a studio or on their home on a mortgage feed their kids whatever which is what jacks the price up mm, and yeah. so i think that if if the different governments or governing bodies would make it a little easier in the beginning about raw materials and services and so on I think that it would be a lot better for the designers in the end. Because of course, people back. also, it goes back to. 
I was going to say, it goes back to support, doesn't it? Resort and, and resources, like and you resources, said. Resources, yeah. And that comes again, that's what other countries have. They have, gov- they have the government supporting them. They have the bodies. They have the, the sort of private companies. There's a lot of different um, sort of institutes and different people involved. And I guess that's what's lacking in the region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just resources and money and and yeah funding 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 i remember having um you know ain earl the founder of the fashion arc i had her on yeah. um the podcast and she kind of pretty much said what you what you what you um mentioned and you know she does a lot of work with um with fashion designers herself in trinidad and she definitely believes brand brand caribbean is there and it can happen but um it's just lack of resources so it's kind of like if you've got a lack of resources, you've got to be a lot more innovative. So how do then designers do that? And she was like, designers have got to work together and they've got to stick together and they've got to really find ways to, to build each other up if they want to, to create something that's much bigger than themselves. I agree. Because you might be well known in the specific country or island that you're in, mm. but those places are like tiny in comparison to Europe or to the US. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you can put your forces together and possibly like become better known in other parts of the world, it's really appealing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. And for those of you that don't know the fashion art, you should definitely check them out. Ian Earl is the founder and she's doing a lot of great work to um to build up fashion brands in the Caribbean as well. So um, not too dissimilar to what you're doing. It's just that her company, she's, it's a consulting company and she's, she's really doing a lot. She obviously believes in what she's doing and she's bringing a lot of different um, brands together. So it's people who are building brands in Jamaica, Trinidad and, and just all over the region. So there, there's people on the ground doing a lot of, of amazing, amazing work. <clears throat> So Brand Caribbean is a, is a possibility. So what would, you, what would you like your role to be in Brand Caribbean? What do you see yourself doing outside of representing Caribbean brands globally? Um, definitely some media coverage for different events because I know there's like the collection mode that happens in Jamaica. Right now it's Caribbean Heritage Month. So yes. I know the, the US Style Caribbean. Week I think is supposed to happen in DC. Mm-hmm. So if I could be somebody that's an in-between like if they were if the companies that are putting on these events were looking for designers or so on and then I could point them in like a good in the direction of a designer for maybe if they're doing like a Caribbean swim style week then I can give them all of the ideas or all the different designers that do this but then coverage of it for people you know small people at home who decided they want to buy a swimsuit from a Jamaican designer then you can also come to me for that. Yeah, yeah. I think this platform that you've created is amazing and there's so much that you can do with it. I mean, <laughs> the opportunities are pretty much endless for you. You know, you can you can get into consulting, you can get into branding, you can get into marketing, you can get into representation, you can get into creating your own stuff. There's a lot that, that you can do um, in addition to just being a go-to source for all things style and fashion in the region. So I think what you've done is pretty incredible and um, it'll be nice to see what you, what you evolve into with time. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think I'll like, be able to, whatever I decide to do, I'll, be, I will have built up enough of a following that it could work in my favor. Definitely, definitely. So um, do you see yourself coming back to Guyana one day um, permanently and, and building this up and taking it to the next level? Or would you like to be, go back and forth between the US and the Caribbean? I think definitely going back and forth because then there's a greater number of people for me to reach out to. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like I can never just permanently live in the Caribbean, but I definitely see myself splitting my time between the Caribbean and, and elsewhere and other places. I think you've got to leave the Caribbean to, 
to refresh your mind, to get that perspective, to get that exposure. And then you've got to come back to the Caribbean to apply everything and to rejuvenate your soul, so to speak. <laughs> yes. And then you, got, you, need, you need that balance. I feel like staying in the Caribbean, um, if, you're, if you're trying to create something global, um, it won't necessarily work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Not if you're trying to create something global. You've, you've got to really be on the cusp and on the edge of everything. And I think that's what's so, for me personally, I think that's what's so advantageous that Caribbean people have. I think Caribbean people are very global because we have no choice but to be. We're very small. We're quite insignificant. <laughs> you know, um, we don't have, we're not rich, you know, so we, we have to leave. We have to go abroad. But that's a good thing because it means that we're quite worldly and we're highly adaptable and we know how to get on. And we can use that to our advantage and we can bring that back to our respective countries and we can incorporate that into to who we are. And I see that personally as an advantage. I don't see it as a bad thing. Versus people... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. As I was going to say it works both ways because then there are things like the food and culture that we can take with us when we go. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, and versus people who I meet from very big countries like the US and Canada and the UK, you know, these people, they don't have to leave their countries. They, these are wealthy nations, they've got everything. But they're also very limited in their outlook because they don't leave, you know? Mm -hmm. And they tend to have a kind of a view that's very much inward, where I think Caribbean people, because we're forced to leave, because we have to go some of the times, that outward look makes us much more attractive, makes us more appealing, it makes us stronger. That, that's how I see it. And I think that's so, and it, it makes us edgier, you know, because the Caribbean is so diverse. Like, for example, fashion design in the Caribbean, there's so much style and different influences infused into the various, into the various brands, you know, like, all, like you mentioned all the different cultures in Guyana. Imagine, you know, people, pe these designers, they create these beautiful things that infuses all of that into, mm -hmm. into who they are and what they do. And that's not something that you see a lot in other parts of the world, at least. That's true. And There's I think a designer yeah. in Trinidad, and she uses um, sari fabric and makes Western wear with it and it's gorgeous. I can imagine. I can imagine. And I think that makes the Caribbean unique. And I think that's, that's our advantage. And I think we need to tap into that a little bit more. You know, every country's got to find their advantage, their competitive advantage, whatever that thing is. And just to use lack of a better term, they need to exploit it. <laughs> and I think because we, we are, like you said, having to travel back and forth, that's, that's what we need to do. But, you know, we'll see. The, the, the people at home just have to be receptive to that and more open to that. But, but with time, hopefully um, that will change. So what parting words do you, um, do you have for our listening audience who are interested in doing something not too dissimilar to what you're doing or maybe who want to be fashion designers or, or whatnot? Um, I definitely would say to try to be motivated even when you come across people who aren't um, mm. for you or on your team because that's one of the biggest struggles that I've had to deal with myself. Yes. I would also say to stick to being professional and respond to emails in a timely manner, get back to people because that's been my biggest like, uh, issue with Caribbean designers. They don't, they're not great at that. Which and is to be nice because what you put out, you're going to get it right back at you. Yeah, I don't, you know, the, the professionalism thing is, is, I think, everyone's biggest pet peeve. Like, hello, answer your emails. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre that you can email someone and they just don't answer you for like three weeks. And you think, how does that even happen? You know, when you're in the US or in the UK or Canada or where else, you get in, you, people respond to you in like two minutes. Like people are like wired, you know, they're always on their emails. And then you wait two, three weeks and it's like, oh, thanks for responding to me after three weeks by then the, <laughs> by then the opportunity has passed like what have you been doing so that's that's a big thing but um that's really really good advice so where can people find you your website um if people are interested in working with you how can they get in contact with you so you can find the blog at www.withlovefromguyana.com 
you want to get into contact with me, hello at withlovefromganu.com. And on social media, the handles are wlovefromganu. So you can find us there on both social media and on Twitter. Okay, and that's where they can email you. And is there anything in particular you're looking for right now? Anything you need help with, support with, anything you want to collaborate on? <clears throat> um, I definitely would not mind collaborating on posts with other Caribbean bloggers or with people who just want to share and their content is similar to what I do. Yeah, and influencers, I imagine, who are... Um who are maybe um, wearing, want to wear more Caribbean fashion or interested in highlighting some of the brands that you, that you have on your, um, your website as well. There's a lot of potential, exactly. isn't there? There's a lot of potential. So yes, people, if you want to collaborate, get in touch, definitely. So before you go, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. It's been great chatting with you. Um, I also want to thank you for the work that you do. Being from the Caribbean myself, I know and understand the frustrations <laughs> and I empathize and I really admire the way you have taken this on and you're, you are very committed. I mean, you're, I mean, in an unwavering way, you really are. A lot of people would have given up already as people do. So it's really nice that you're doing this. It's different. It's refreshing. It's a niche that you don't really um, hear and see a lot about. So um, thank you for doing it. Thank you for spearheading it. And I know it's going to pay off. And um, just keep up the great work. So, yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to see where it all goes and what you do. And I'm sure in a few years from now, you're going to have this like massive platform with all these businesses and just lots of interesting things going on. And, you know, be a part of building the success of Brand Caribbean. That'll be really, really cool. It'll be really nice to, you know, be in China or go to somewhere in the Middle East and, and see a Caribbean brand in a shop and you just go, wow, you know, <laughs> this is big. <laughs> this is Definitely. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's such an exciting thing to see your brand. I mean, you don't have to be from it's not always about being from a big rich nation to be successful. It's just, it's just having a plan and being savvy about your execution and making it happen. So I think it's exciting times ahead. So thank you again. And I look forward to having you back on and that is it. So to all the, um, the rare ones who are listening in, I'm sure you've, you've listened and you've heard a lot and you know how to get in touch with, Michelle and um, I hope you've taken a lot of what she said on board particularly those of you who are interested in building your own brands um, please reach out and you know how to get in touch so thanks again and bye for now bye thank you